If you have a Bible with you this morning, will you turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah and chapter 7. And while you're looking that up, can I make a, a plea? Northland Court will be starting its meetings again in September, but we're short of pianists or organists. So anyone that's free uh, during a Wednesday morning between half ten and quarter past eleven, for one Wednesday a month, now it's not just one week, it runs from September to June, but if you're free on a Wednesday, if you could come and speak to me afterwards, um, and I will give you whatever dates that you're available to come and play for us. Thank you. Isaiah chapter 7, commencing to read at verse 1. And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told the house of David, saying, Syria is confederate with Ephraim. And his heart was moved. And the heart of his people, as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thy and Shear, Lishab, thy son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. Say unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted for the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Rezin with Syria and of the son of Ramaliah. Because Syria... Ephraim, the son of Ramaliah, hath taken evil counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and fax it, and let us make a breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabil. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin, and within threescore and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it be not a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramaliah's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord speak again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest 
shall be forsaken of both her kings. Ending at verse 16. Let's just still our hearts before the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for this opportunity given to us this morning to preach your word. We do pray, Lord, that you would bless us this morning, both preacher and hearer alike, that in everything that is said that it may be a challenge or a comfort to someone in this gathering or someone watching online. We pray this not for man's glory, but for the glory of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our reading this morning deals with King Ahaz. And the king has a concern because two of his enemies had come together to attack him. And you know, today, dear friends, is no different. We have people on every side of us coming to attack us both physically and spiritually. Because as Christians, we need to stand up for what is the truth. But when we do it, we are called all sorts of names. Religious nuts, homophobic, all these different terms are thrown against us. But the Bible tells us that we need to stand up for the truth. The one thing we must not do in circumstances like these is to trust in our hearts. Because in verse 2 we read that his heart was moved. In other words, his heart was troubled. And when your heart is troubled, or when your heart is moved, it's very difficult to make sensible choices. So what are we to do when we're tossed about, when we're concerned, when trouble seems to be everywhere? What is it that we as Christians are supposed to do? Bible tells us in verse 4, take heed and be quiet. There's an awful lot of married men here this morning. And an awful lot of them are with their wives. And sometimes our wives tell us to be quiet. And what do we do? We do the opposite. Because we're men. And we know better. Maybe we should take heed of what God says. Just be quiet. Still your heart. Calm down. We're going to look at that little phrase this morning, take heed. And the first thing I want us to consider this morning is to take heed to the word of God. In Psalm 119 and verse 9, this is what we read. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? 
by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Take heed to the word of God. It's easier said than done. Because many Christians don't even open this book. Yes, they may leave it sitting out for everyone to see that comes into their house. Very few take the time to open it and to read it. If we take heed to God's word and read it, we will be kept safe and pure. We are urged to keep the word in verse 11. Thy word have I hidden. Thy word. God's word. That's what we're urged to do. We're urged to take heed of God's word. We're ordered to practice it. If we keep the word, thy word have I hidden in my heart, what will it do? It will keep us from sinning against God. Dear friends, we're all guilty of sinning. We're all guilty of making mistakes. But perhaps if we spent more time reading the Word of God, those mistakes may not occur. We are told to bless God and ask Him for more. In verse 12, Blessed art thy, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. How is God supposed to teach us when we don't read his book? I was told many, many years ago, if you ever want to talk to God, you pray. And if God is going to give you an answer, then you read his book. Many of us will pray, but few of us will read God's word. Communicate and encouragement to others. Verse 13 says this, With my lips I have declared... When was the last time you witnessed to someone? Please don't tell me you have no unsaved friends. We all do. We have unsaved members within our own family. When was the last time you asked them to come to church? When was the last time you said to them, you know, God is coming back. What will happen if the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and you're not saved and not ready? Yeah, they may tell you to clear off. I don't want to hear that nonsense. 
friends, I need to be told. Let it affect your own heart. When we're faithful to God, we can rejoice. Rejoice. Verse 14 says in Psalm 119, I have rejoiced. I have rejoiced. Verse 15 urges us to meditate on the word. And everything that I've mentioned here can be ours. If we simply take heed. That's all we have to do. Take heed. Take heed to the Holy Spirit. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 10, we read these words. For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase because they have left off to take heed of the Lord. Here is the people who had sinned against God. Hosea could write in the opening verses of chapter 4, There is no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God within the land. Why? Why? Because the people did not take heed to God. And our land today is similar to what it was in the time of Hosea. People have no time for God. They have no interest in hearing what God has to say. They have no interest in you telling them what God wants them to know. In verse 6 of Hosea chapter 4, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, and I will also forget thy children. And as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people. And they set their feet and set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them in their doings. Dear friends, have we forsaken God this morning? Have we neglected His word? Have we neglected the leading of the Holy Spirit within our lives? Here we see the consequences of rejecting the Spirit of God. God has made it perfectly clear. If you reject me, I in turn will reject you. 
pray to God that that is not the case with the people here in Carrick Fergus Baptist Church. Take heed to the preacher. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 9. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. We do well to heed those words. When I refer to taking heed to the preacher, I'm not necessarily referring to me, so please don't. I'm human, I make mistakes. And I've made plenty over the course of my lifetime. But this was Solomon. A man whose wisdom came from God. God had said to him, ask for anything and I will give it thee. And in 1 Kings Chapter 3, from verse 5, we read this. And Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. I have often thought about that question and just how I would react to it. I have to say that probably the last thing I would ask for was wisdom. I could maybe put four or five other things before wisdom even come into my thoughts. But God had said to him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy. Accordingly, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, for thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And thou, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of my father David, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? He asked for wisdom. Not for riches. Not for a great army. Not for a long life. But wisdom that he may rule the people fairly. Wisdom is lacking in many people today. Fairness is almost gone 
from our society. But dear friends, knowledge is good. I wish I had a little bit more of it. And it can be gained from reading books and from listening to others. Solomon could have asked for anything, but he asked for knowledge. And in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, this is what it says. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart even as the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all of, of all the children of the east country, <clears throat> excuse me, and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than, than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, and Charcoal, and Darda, the sons of Mahal. And his fame was found in all nations round about. Has greatness spread far and wide? And people traveled from far off countries just to listen to what Solomon had to say. Are you wise this morning? Do you put your brain in gear before you open your mouth? I often tell my children that this hole in the middle of my face has got me into more trouble than enough. Because I open it before I think. Difficulty with that is that once the words are out, you can't take them back. Take heed to the preacher. Fear God and keep his commandments. Why? Because this is the whole duty of man. Take heed to the brethren. First Corinthians 8 and verse 9, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. There are two ways in which we can take this. Firstly, we can listen to what the brethren instruct. And it is good to take wise counsel. The man that I always sought counsel from passed away two years ago. And I miss him dearly. And he had a wonderful little saying that will stick with me. He says, son, I'm always right. And even when I'm wrong, I'm right. I could see the funny side of it. But it's good to take wise counsel. 
going to an older brother or sister whom you know you can trust and they will give you good advice. Or as it says in 1 Corinthians 8 and 9, take heed lest you cause a weaker brother to stumble. That's what I want us to think about briefly this morning. How many of us this morning have considered the consequences of what we say or what we do? Do we guard our tongues? James says this, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth. The same mouth. Proceedeth blessing and cursing. And James says this. My brethren, these things ought not to be. It's unruly. It's uncontrollable and it's full of deadly poison. Have you ever thought of the <clears throat> decisions and choices that you've made, the advice perhaps that you've given to someone? They all have consequences. Every choice you make in life has consequences. Not only for you, but for your family, for your friends. God says to make wise choices. Be careful in your decision making. Bible says that our walk should be holy and beyond reproach. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4 that we should put on a new man. Because when we come to faith in Christ, Paul says, the old things are gone. Behold, all things are become new. The old man is no longer with me. The new man is how I propose to go on in this world. Walk in love as Christ has loved us. 
I think one of the greatest verses in the Bible is found in Genesis 5 and 24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. God took him. Imagine being so close to God, dear friends, that the conversation was so beautiful that God didn't want it to end, so he, he carried Enoch up into glory. Can that be said of us? Is our walk with God so good that he would take us out of this world? Finally, take heed to yourself. Acts 20, verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. His own blood. Feed the flock. Sometimes we think that this is our church. This is not our church. You need to get that out of your head. This is not our church. This is God's church. It was Christ that died on the cross. It was Christ that paid the price. It's his church. Why should we take heed? First Timothy 4 verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Are you an encourager? Or are you a discourager? I sometimes think as Christians we tend to forget that all will have to stand before God and give an account. We as believers have to give an account. To give an account of what we have done for the Lord Jesus Christ here on this earth. For those that we have encouraged. But also for those that we have discouraged by the things that we have said. Paul says that we must build 
our lives and our church on a firm foundation. And Jesus Christ has said that he is that firm foundation. He is our firm foundation. Are we taking heed of these things this morning, dear friends? Are we listening to what God has said? If not, I urge you to listen to Paul. Study to be quiet. Or as the Lord Jesus Christ said in Psalm 46, or the Lord said in Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Are you going to take heed of these things this morning? This word has been a challenge to me. It has forced me to rethink my priorities of life. I trust it has done the same for you. The band will now sing.